And it's time for the rural news. I hopefully I got that right, Sally. Um, with <laughs> Sally Murphy in Ototahi. And Sally, you're looking at the fight on the farm where the worm resistance is getting stronger. Kia ora Mani, that's right. New research from Gribbles Veterinary has found 33% of the 166 farms it tested had worms resistant to combination drench. Drench is used to treat worms in sheep, but when it's used too often, the worms can become resistant to it. Wormwise program manager Ginny Dudunsky says the results are sobering. Talking to veterinarians around the country and farmers, it sounded like there was a higher, a much higher rate of uh, combination drench resistance popping up in the last year or two than we've previously diagnosed. And just sort of anecdotally talking to vets, we thought maybe it was about 30% of, of tests that vets were doing were, were showing up either double or triple drench resistance um, in, in sheep worms. So this data out of Gribbles is showing that 33% of the tests that they did last season have the worm trichostrongolus um, is resistant to those combinations or to, to the triple combination, which is a real concern. Mr Dunsky says worms adapt to drench over time, so the resistance is likely only going to get worse. Just want to be very clear with farmers that you know, not to panic at this stage, but the best step is to, um, if you've got a drench of lambs coming up, which a lot will do uh, with weaning and everything going on, um, is to 10 days after you've given that drench, collect 10 fresh faecal samples and send them in for an egg count. Um, if there are no eggs there, that's fantastic. Um, but if there are eggs present after drenching, you know, something is surviving your drench and, and that's the beginning of a conversation with your animal health advisor to decide what to do next. Janita Dunsky says animal health companies are not really developing new drenches because it's too expensive and getting a return takes a long time. To other news, wet weather is wreaking havoc for Northland farmers trying to grow supplementary feed. Jason Smith, who farms sheep and beef in Ruawai, says he's had 400 millimetres at his place over the last six weeks. He'd normally get about 20 in that time period. So for us here in Northland, we've had this incredibly challenging spring and summer and all of the normal seasonal patterns of rainfall have just been blown completely out the window by massive amounts of rain. So we're now at 400 millimetres of rain that's fallen on our farm in the months of November through to today. Mr Smith says the wet weather has had a huge impact on his maize crops. He normally plants 86 hectares but was only able to get 52 hectares sown in the spring. And he says any crops he has been able to grow, he's struggling to harvest because it's too wet. Our silage, 20 hectares of silage and hay, was shut up for growing in advance of mowing, if you like, back in late September. It's still standing now. We haven't been able to get onto the paddocks to cut that and there have been too few windows for that one project to happen. Now we're we're just, we are one farm and so that's replicated across the entire region of Northland. Jason Smith says that could have flow-on effects for the autumn if farmers have failed to grow enough supplementary feed. He says the region needs a couple of weeks of fine weather for the ground to dry out. 
The Meat Industry Association is applauding the latest addition to the government's immigration green list, with halal meat processors being approved for the faster residency programme. Halal butchers are Muslim, and with such a small Muslim population here, the industry usually relies on migrant workers to help fill jobs at processing plants. Association Chief Executive Sir Makarapiva says the sector has about 100 of the butchers, but it needs 250. Having a halal butcher at the start of the processing line is really critical to being able to process halal meat and then to have that certified as halal for those Muslim consumers right around the world. Ms Karapiva says halal certified products contribute about $3.7 billion to annual export earnings, so the specialty butchers are important. The government-owned farming company Pamu has established an independent sustainability panel to find solutions to reduce on-farm emissions and to build resilience to climate change. The panel includes four farming industry leaders and two of Pamu's directors. Pamu's chief sustainability officer Annabelle Davies says the company wants to be a leader in sustainability, something this new panel will help achieve. Palmu has a commitment to tackling climate change issues. At the moment, I mean, that's one of the first things that this group will be charged with looking at. So we've been involved in future sustainability-linked loans. We're looking at emission year-on-year reductions. We work with, you know, the guys on the farm around reducing emissions on specific projects. There's methane reduction trials lowering our environmental footprint through organic dairy, nitrogen reductions. There's a whole bunch of things, including how we use horticulture and how we integrate trees on the farm. So all of those things count for sustainability in our books. That's Annabelle Davies from Palmu. And just lastly, one of the country's largest watermelon growers says the crops are looking great ahead of peak summer demand. Leader brand spokesperson Gordon McPhail says after an unseasonably wet and cool spring in Gisborne, the watermelon crops are starting to come into their own. They had a pretty rough start as well. They, you know, Watermelons react really well to hot, dry weather, and it's something right across the country, like not many people will be thinking we're into summer now. So, yeah, again, they're, they're a little bit mixed, but, but the crop that I saw the other day was coming along really nicely. So we'll be into those in the new year, and if we get some heat, they'll be excellent as well. Gordon McPhail says they've increased their plantings of watermelon this season. As soon as it gets warm, you can't you can't keep up with supply. It's crazy. It just goes nuts. It's really it's really strong. So you know, throughout through a high temperature summer period, which is when watermelons always produce the most as well. When it gets cold, they slow down. When it gets hot, they speed up. So during that, when it gets hot, the watermelon uh, demand is crazy. Really is. That's Gordon McPhail from Leader Brand, and that's the rural news for today. Koira te purongo o te taifenua.